I'm Matthew McCleary. And I'm Mitchell McCleary. And this is Movies While They Sleep. A podcast from two brothers who watch movies and talk about them after their families have gone to bed. Welcome to today's episode where we take on the biggest movie of the year, Top Gun Maverick. That's right, we're talking all things Tom Cruise and Top Gun. We cover the original Top Gun from the 80s and all of its corny glory and its sequel that may just be the movie that's saving movie theaters everywhere. Let's cut to our conversation already in progress. Let's jump in, sleepyheads. Good go. I was just going to say that that, that that tone. That, we need to play it? Yeah, what do you call that? You know what? I Whenever I try to sing it, I sing it's the Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Yeah. <laughs> They're the same. Uh, yeah, okay. I, here's my question. Um, I want to know your background on Top Gun. TG. Uh, TG. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and if you ever rode the Top Gun roller coaster at Paramount's Great America... Or do you even know what Great America is? I didn't know it was Paramount's Great America. It, well, it was. I don't know what it is now. Hey, do you think uh, parks are going to start having a subscription service? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they already have. It's called an annual pass. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very removed from park culture. <laughs> hey, that was a joke, and then it turns out they do it. <laughs> oh, it was. Par- oh, you know what? See, this is... This is how long it's been since I've been to Great America. It was known as Paramount's Great America from 1993 until 2006. <laughs> it is, is Paramount no longer involved? It must not be. It's California's see, Great see, America. See, here, here, here's what they should do. Paramount Plus subscription includes, uh, you know, annual pass. One free pass to the park. Because nobody's got Paramount Plus. Oh, I have Paramount Plus. <laughs> Oh, God. Why? (laughs) For Survivor and Big Brother, if we're being honest. I feel like you've got everything just so you can say you've got everything. I I don't, because I don't have Hulu anymore. You you got the Star Showtime add-ons? No. Nope. Nope, and I'm okay. I live with myself. But I don't have Hulu anymore, because somebody got rid of it. So what's Great America? It's a theme park. I know, but what kind of rides do they have? They had a they had a roller coaster called Top Gun, and it played that song. It played the Top Gun anthem every time you'd ride on it. <laughs> it's the song. <laughs> They're playing it. <laughs> but it's one of those things. It, well, and they and it's crazy because they still have that roller coaster there. It's called Flight Deck, and it was originally known as Top Gun. Um, and why did they change the name? Did they lose the rights? Oh, it was in 2006. It doesn't even look like an airplane. In 2006, when Paramount sold off Great America, the Top Gun theming was removed. Who'd they sell it to? Nobody? Cedar Fair. <laughs> That's not a thing. It's like a, you know, a, a, a amusement park company. Yeah, but they have no IP. No, 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 not at all. Um, and, so, and so the ride is still there, and it was one of those, like, perfect things of, like... You know, because they make so many movies into rides for amusement parks, but this is, like, the the most natural version of this, right? Like, what are you looking at? <laughs> Sorry. I went on Great America's homepage, and I'll just send you a screenshot. 
Hold on. Stand by. Okay. What what game did I just quote? Stand by. Uh, Star Fox. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of rough. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that bot on the left just. Can't include any of this. <laughs> Why? There's just a shirtless dad <laughs> hanging out on the Great America homepage, and you know, one of those uh, uh, those technologies that can track where your eye is looking on the screen. <laughs> they use those to figure out like how to make a buy now button slightly more effective on a website. Mm-hmm. But it's like your eye would just be like laser over to this this shirtless man <laughs> um so anyway anyways you know the the top gun roller coaster always felt like the most natural like from a movie to a ride because you just play that song and you go really fast in it and you play sound effects like you're on a jet it's great yeah that was actually my review of because i rewatched our episode this week top gun maverick the new top gun but also top gun from 1986 mm-hmm a double feature, if you will. And I rewatched the first one. And so I rewatched the first one. And my review, hey, you know what my problem with Letterboxd is? It's so hard to actually oh, find I your already, review. I found your review. Okay, but you know what I'm saying? Like, when I know. You're finding to find your, your review, own, it's hard. It's hard. My review, less talky, more room, please. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Because, because the talkies in the original Top Gun are rough. Yeah, we'll get there. Sorry, we'll get there. I just have, for me, my association with Top Gun is strictly limited to nostalgia mm-hmm. for a roller coaster that kind of exists still, but not in that form. And I would ride it. And I definitely, like when I went to Paramount's Great America in 2004 to see Switchfoot perform on Christian Music Day, I had never seen Top Gun before, but I loved that roller coaster. And. Yeah. And I think I had probably watched the original like when I was in college. That's probably the first time I'd ever watched it. Roller coasters are really a gateway into nostalgic movie watching. You left. Are they? <laughs> it's really good flow for the podcast when you just leave the frame. <laughs> and I'm talking to a couch and... <laughs> are 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 roller coasters a gateway? Is this the Disney thing? Is that what you're getting at? Or, oh, I mean, I, I had the same feeling when I, I I feel like I went on that ride and I was like, oh man, there's there's a whole world to experience of cinema, like the Van Helsing Halloween walkthrough <laughs> from probably 2006. Yeah, it's like oh, okay. Universal Studios that certainly does not exist anymore. You know, yeah, it feels like it. it you know, when you're at a park like that and there's a whole ride dedicated to a movie. This, oh, it, it, it's, is it, is it, it's like, then this movie must be important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they yeah. built a ride around it. Yeah. This has got to be important to the history of, of th- this company's catalog. Yes. And yet totally. most of them are not. Most of them are, no. are pr- pretty bad. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there is no denying that the original Top Gun is iconic kind of this like 80s icon of of action cinema right like it's top gun and die hard and um i was once playing cards against humanity with my college professor 
at uh, like a department house party, mm-hmm. like the English department went to his house. We all hung out, and the card that I played, oh, it was a uh, sweet high five. It was uh, you know, Cards Against Humanity works with like a phrase, and then you inject mm-hmm. a word in between. It was sweet comma and then there's a blank so that's when you play Mm -hmm. your card high five ends it so a sweet a homoerotic volleyball montage (laughs) high five and it was just this perfect (laughs) card that i had that exuded top gun energy and you know i i don't think i had even seen top gun top gun i don't think i had even seen top gun at that point but i knew i knew the the legends of the under you knew that and you knew the volleyball scene i think it had been memed enough even yeah. at that point yeah like do you feel like the, the iconography of top gun the original mm-hmm. is is rooted in like how much of it like in a in a pie chart is mm-hmm. legitimately this is just awesome 80s americana i want to be tom cruise in a white t-shirt and jeans versus uh the a bit of the joke that it's become for I, th- I, yeah, future generations. I, I yes, I, I totally hear what you're saying. The, the the Quentin Tarantino monologue about Top Gun from whatever that movie was, right? Where he he had written this, he had done some writing for a movie, and he comes in and does a monologue as an actor in a scene, and it's. Um, you familiar with this? Yeah, yeah. yeah, is, yeah. Th- is that the first time that that criticism was? I mean, it's espoused. It's certainly, the the most mainstream version of that, right. right? But I think it only. I think its staying power is is because of both things that it's it's made fun of, but then it's actually also like pretty fun to watch and like a right. pretty solid movie, right? And and so I think if it was a lesser movie, that it would have been made fun of, and then it wouldn't have. It doesn't have any staying power, right? Right. But it's an—it's actually a really enjoyable movie to watch and kind of laugh at a little bit. Right. And and I was when I because when I rewatched the first Top Gun, when I rewatched the original Top Gun, I was so taken by the jet sequences in in a same in the same way. Not to get ahead of ourselves, that I was so taken by the jet sequences in Top Gun Maverick for different reasons. Right. Um, but in the original, what you're seeing is jets flying around doing what they're doing, right? Right. I I don't think I'm ever seeing Tom Cruise actually in the cockpit of a jet. No. Um, but all of the all the footage of the jets flying, those are real Navy aviators doing their thing. And the way that Tony Scott films it and stages all of that, it's also entirely readable and understandable, right? It's that that was what was so striking to me about it is there is such a competency in in getting across everything he wants to in the action of the movie, um, in a way that like you watch these. This is what's so insane about it, right? You you watch these these big. CGI fest action stuff and they're incomprehensible to watch except for the fact and and the irony is that they literally control what's in every single frame of them right it's not like they didn't get the footage now they can't show it yeah Yeah. and Tony Scott has to stitch together however many hours of jets flying around to make something that is comprehensible and he does it beautifully and it's exciting and it there, there is great, you know, kind of thrilling suspense in it. Um, like, 
that is in the first movie. That's what is like you we make fun of the volleyball, we make fun of the 80s of it all, and then we come back because you know, the <laughs> Tom Cruise's crazy smile just constantly. He's like, oh I'm gosh. on a bike right now. And I like oh it. Oh my gosh. Uh, we, we come back for the action sequences and then, and then we get to enjoy the sweat on the, on the aircraft carrier, the sweat that's just everywhere in this movie. And the, San, San Diego sweat, baby. Oh my gosh. The, and then, the, and we and, get to enjoy the sweat and the sepia. Or, or oh, the sepia, yeah. and and Tom Cruise riding motorcycles without helmets on, right? And the complete lack of chemistry between him and the female lead, who I don't even know her name. Uh, yeah, I watched Oblivion this week, which um, is another Tom Cruise movie directed by um, the the guy who directed the new Top Gun, um, Joseph Kaczynski, I think is his name. Uh, yeah, um, I watched Oblivion, which is this like kind of futuristic sci-fi thing. But at one point, uh, they do give Tom Cruise a future motorcycle and future sunglasses, and he rides around Earth without a helmet on, smiling. <laughs> oh yes, he's like yeah. And a, and I mean, a, it's like, like is a it, rocket it, zooms at this past point, him. it just must be <laughs> in his contract. That's how I feel about the original, right? I think. Like, the nostalgia's all there, it's fun to make fun of, but a lot of it still really works. Genuinely compelling. Yeah. I, I actually thought that the first one does a better job of communicating in the air than even mm. the new one. Mm. Like, there were a lot of times in the new one where I, I was, like, it, I really enjoyed it first yeah. off, let me say right yeah. off the bat, but there was a lot of times where I was pretty disoriented with what sure. they were actually like trying to communicate to me about what they're seeing and who's where, you know. Sure. Like that's the thing that struck me too with the first one is that yeah, they just do a really good job making it very crystal clear to you as a viewer of what's happening. Yeah. Yes. When it would be was... so easy to get lost in it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and that's what was so impressive to me about watching that first one. Um, and everything hits really great and all, and, and it's still like really weird and, um, but I, I don't know. I, yeah. There's almost a coziness in the fat of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it almost reminds me we're rewatching Gilmore girls right now because we had our, our son. He's two weeks yeah. old at the yeah. time. Llewellyn. Okay, his name's not Llewellyn, but that's the reference that you enjoy making. He's almost two weeks old, and we're rewatching, you know, comfort TV. And Gilmore Girls is just this comfort early two thousands. Oh yeah, like like it, it it's just the look of the characters and the setting. It's I yeah. I, I, I so I care so little for the plot. I just want to hang out in their living room with movie nights. Because like again, '90s, early 2000s knew how to lit, or knew how to light a living room. Yeah. Frankly. Yeah. And it's the same feeling I have with Top Gun, where it's like, yeah, I just like hanging out this like beach house in oh, San yeah. Diego yeah. with Tom Cruise. And there's a laziness to the movie, or a yeah, like a meandering. At least when it's not in the air, it's very, it's it's so it's it's too long for me. Mm-hmm. But there's a there's almost a coziness in their non urgency, except for when they're in the air. Well, and what I find, uh, what I actually was so struck by was the the kind of low stakes of the movie too. Right? I like, know it's like who cares? Who's it, the it, best in the class? 
because in the new one, pretty much the entire time they're training for this like crazy mission. Training for something uh, I, specific. I see, I, I see. I almost said training for this impossible mission, but that's a different Tom Cruise movie. Yeah, um, and you know, so the stakes are really high. But in this one, it's, it really is just who's going to be the best in the class. And then, like on graduation day, they've got to go do something crazy. Like, and, and now there's suddenly real stakes and a real world conflict. But um, for, for the most of the movie, there's there are no stakes. They're just young pilots. Um, it's like training and competing yeah it's like no i've got the most a's <laughs> <laughs> there's like a bunch of a bunch of nerds trying to be valedictorian over here it's great yeah it's great um you, think you can fly <laughs> yeah dude. we all are here because we can fly really really well actually the oh you know what you know what else i loved about it There's what a what a, a a mark of its time that that Kenny Loggins' song "Danger Zone" gets played like six different times throughout that movie, <laughs> and that would Ba-da-da. never happen in a movie today. They would you never can never get away with playing the same song over and over and over again throughout. Well, yeah, you can. What movie did that recently? Oh, did a movie do that recently? Now I'm curious. Oh, oh, uh, Batman, the new Batman movie kind of spams that like kind of two note uh, oh yeah you know over and over yeah but yeah not like a pop song over and over yeah yeah i just i don't know i find it uh you know quite enjoyable and such a weird thing of its time and and again like a weird top gun so interesting to me because it's you know it's this big iconic movie but it's taking them over 30 years to to make a sequel for it it's not like you know, the other kind of iconic movies from that era basically are all big franchises. You know, Back to the Future, Indiana Jones, you've got Star Wars in there, you've got all the Die Hard movies. I mean, even, I mean, this was the time where they were making Lethal Weapons, one, two, three, four, right? Like, you just keep pumping this stuff out, and they never made another Top Gun. And, and it's, you know, not because it wasn't successful or beloved, uh, but it just never happened. But it's it's, it's 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 always been that interesting thing of like this has a lot of cultural weight to it. But at the end of the day, it's just kind of a corny movie, and and I'm I'm just kind of like I've always been interested in what was going on that made this just click so hard. And and it, and it being kind of you know that being the era of a lot of Vietnam movies that were kind of anti-war, and you know Top Gun really kind of being this. Not not pro war, but very pro military. Um, you know, in, in a lot of ways subsidized by the United States military, and 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 literally. even that literally, yeah. Um, so so even in that way, that the, the original movie is kind of working against, working upstream from a lot of where culture was at the time. Right, platoon um, is right around that time, um, as this you know intensely kind of anti war. Uh, Vietnam movie, yeah. Platoon's the same year, nineteen eighty six. So, you know, I was at a farmer's market, and they have a tamale stand. Okay. So you know, I'm I'm right there, getting my four dollars hot and ready. And the guy in front of me is wearing a Air Force hat with the little mm-hmm. yellow, yeah, the laurels, the yellow okay. laurels. Yeah. And I'm like, well, hey, I just watched Top Gun. Like, I have an entry point with this guy. And so I let him know. I'm like, hey, just saw Top Gun Maverick. He was so great. He's like, huh? 
is this a real story? This is a real story. I was like, I can relate to this man, you know? And he's like, older man, taking his time, like, filling up on pico and, and green sauce on his tamale. And he says, huh? And I go, the new Top Gun movie, you know? I saw it. It's really great. He's like, okay. I, I might go see it. I don't know yet. And then he left. So... Great story. I'm just saying it's resonating with a generation still to this day. Would you call that interaction you had resonating with him? <laughs> no, I would just call it a strange interaction with an old man in tamale stand. Uh. <laughs> but, you know, in a lot of ways, it's a good metaphor <laughs> for the generational gap. And uh, yeah, I certainly understand re- that. Re- I... re- reaching towards one. and You know, the, I... I Okay, uh, here's my real thing. Whenever I bring up Top Gun, the original, or or Maverick, the most common response from people, especially people probably like an, an older generation or two from me, is they just express really deep affection for that first movie. Like, it is mm. just... It meant so much to them. Yeah, like... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he used to make them sound like old, like aged and confused. <laughs> it's a fun movie. Is what it I'm was saying. the first moving pictures they ever saw. <laughs> they thought the planes were coming right at them. <laughs> Anyways, I was just saying, I, you know. People love that first one. There's so much affection for it. And I think in part, you know, it is a little bit of a less is more. You know, it wasn't done to death. And there's just, you know, that that sweet kind of nostalgia. And it's just a great sweet spot for that. So that's the original. Yeah, yeah. Any, any other thoughts on um, that first movie? The poster's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you know, it is. <laughs> Great it is, it, it, you know, it is. I just, I just don't, I just don't love the the picture in the middle of the two of them. Well, she's just so forgettable. She's so forgettable. Um, yeah, it's kind of rough. Kelly McGillis, she's just. So the real reason we're here, Mitchell, is to talk about the big, the biggest movie of the year so far, right? It beat Doctor Strange. It is. It is ahead of Doctor Strange. In wow. uh, box office gross, awesome. um, at least domestically, I'm not sure uh, worldwide. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, I will say when I went, it was a packed theater of yeah. mostly an older generation, but it was good to see them out and about. It was the most engaged I had seen an audience in years in a theater, and it might be mm-hmm. years even before COVID. I mean, like in the opening sequence, which is basically this kind of redo of the opening sequence from the original, when that, 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 that you know that soundtrack kicks in i mean there were well to be fair the tr- the true opening sequence is tom cruise talking to the audience smiling and saying hey thanks for being not, here not in my theater really really i'm really disappointed about it that was mine and after it fades to black someone says you're welcome tom and everyone laughed, laughs and i wanted to leave the theater <laughs> did not get that yeah top gun is the number one release so far this year um wow. but the when the you know they're on the aircraft carrier and the music kicks in i mean there were giddy there was like giddy laughter about it in my wow. theater and and people were just like really excited um and 
And it is, yeah, yeah, number one movie of the year. I think the expectations were high, but I think this is, to be honest, like, I had high expectations going into it, and it exceeded my expectations for it. Yeah, I'm actually pretty surprised at how good it was. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, just everything sequel, IP sequel in the past few years, it's just been one letdown after another, I feel like. Yeah. And 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 this term that's kind of emerged as like legacy sequel or it's not a reboot because it is a sequel but like you know reemerging a property from from years long long you know like Twin Peaks the Return did that yeah ap- it's apparently like pretty well I didn't watch that but serialized adventures in the same yeah. universe it's not yeah. that not really it's not like Rush Hour two you know exactly yeah this is it's there's been a a big length of time. Um, I was blown away and, and I remember like, you know, the first trailer hits in, in 2019, I think. Um, and obviously this movie gets postponed for two years essentially because of COVID and because of Tom Cruise's insistence that it's going to be in theaters to the widest audience possible. Cause that's who they made it for. And I got to say he made the right call, right? Like mm-hmm. this, this, I mean, people would have watched it if it just, like, had landed on Paramount Plus a year ago when Paramount Plus launched as a streaming service. Um, But the reason that they worked with the Navy to figure out how to get five IMAX cameras into the cockpit of the F-18s is so they could show the movie on an IMAX screen. (laughs) Not so we can watch it on Paramount Plus. And it shows. But, you know... I remember thinking like, okay, the trailer's cool. I, you know, I have some nostalgia for the old one, but it's like, all right, all right, whatever. And, and then as more and more stuff was coming out about the movie, for for me, the stuff that got me really excited was seeing all the featurette stuff where Tom Cruise walks through the process of all the cameras inside the cockpits of the actors having to be their own cinematographers, basically. Right. And and these actors actually being in these cockpits, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is kind of unlike anything. They had to go through a boot camp that yeah. he designed. <laughs> oh my gosh, the man's insane. Um. What I was expecting was to see a kind of blockbuster action movie uh, that really hasn't been done before, mm-hmm. and and that's pretty much what I got. I, I was, right. I, yeah, I was I was kind of blown away. It, the movie is such a reflection of Tom in its oh, yeah. unwillingness to be lazy. Oh, you know, when, so when I was in seminary, um, I had a class about um, our 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 personal ministry potential. And, and so the class was really about self-examination and, you know, who we are as leaders. And we took personality assessments and strength finders and that kind of thing. And we started, you know, we'd have these four hour class sessions and our professor started one class session, um, by showing us a YouTube featurette from the behind the scenes of mission impossible fallout. Have you seen fallout? No, but I've so, probably seen the scene you're talking about. So, so this is the the Halo skydive right. jump, yeah, where and the Halo is the high altitude, low whatever jump where you know it, it's a real thing where they the, the plane is crazy high into the atmosphere to be above radar. The guys jump out of it, and they don't open their chutes until basically they're a thousand feet off the ground, right? Right, you know, so they're not going to be on radar coming out. Right, it, it's 
insanely right dangerous. Right yeah, 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 right below. It's insanely dangerous when they're at the high altitudes. They have to have, have, to have like oxygen tanks because the air is so thin. When and they're, they're dropping making, so quickly, and they're dropping so quickly, it's it's just an insane, insane, dangerous thing. Well, so and Tom a thousand Cruise, feet goes by quick. When you yeah, when you yeah. when you yeah, when you finally open up your chute. So so Tom wanted to do the halo jump. So what you see in the movie, I mean, what you ultimately see in the movie at one point is him and another guy like literally fighting in midair, and some of that has certainly been CGI'd, but. Mm. When Tom Cruise jumps out of that airplane at sunset, that's what you're seeing. And right. he and he trained for months every day doing halo jumps to get into the shape where everyone was comfortable to be able to do that. He trained for months. Months. Along with the cinematographer who captured along, it. Along with the entire crew for what amounts to like four minutes on film. <laughs> Right, like that is his insane level of commitment. Of course, our professor was making the point: if 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 Tom Cruise and these people can have this insane level of commitment to basically what's for what is minutes worth of entertainment, how much more could we actually should we actually want to commit and work hard for things that matter? <laughs> yeah, well, you know. <laughs> uh, but it, there is, you know, as for, for for all of Tom Cruise's flaws, and I I think. I think a lot of the really nasty stuff that has come out of Scientology, right? Um, they're there. You know, I'm not going to defend any of that. I, I think there is something admirable about his commitment to craft. Well, maybe you could speak on that too, because uh, you know, up until the past few years, I hadn't associated Tom Cruise with like, oh, this is the this is the guy who's going to go to the like extra mile but extra Mm -hmm. hundred miles Mm -hmm. to just capture a great moment and really is the highlighter of the importance of of movie stardom and move and and just a singular great moment on film um i feel like my association growing up was just like oh he's a movie star he's a big movie star i hear his name a lot and after seeing top gun maverick i realized like i haven't really seen a lot of movies with him actually (laughs) So I have I have a similar experience, and I think I think your assessment's right on. My impression of Tom Cruise is has been basically since I've been aware the guy has been a movie star, a big movie star, right? Right. We've got and we have a few of those people that are still Brad Pitt is another one, right? Like big movie star, and has been basically since I was a child. Now I have a little bit more memory of like some of the stunts and stuff that he was doing in earlier movies, you know, when he's doing this free climb for, I think, Mission Impossible 2, you mm-hmm. know, so they get this helicopter shot. I remember that being, like, a story at the time, right? But um, but he's only kind of ramped up what it is he is, you know, set out to accomplish in a lot of this stuff. Um, and, but I had a similar experience where he's just not taken as seriously as an actor, mm-hmm. as, a, as, like, a Leo, or a Brad Pitt, right? And 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 really, especially in the last twenty years. I mean, if you go back to the late eighties, nineties, where he's in, you know, these more auteur works. He's he's in the Stanley Kubrick Eyes Wide Shut. He's in Magnolia, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie. You know, he he 
gets he, he's in Rain Man, right? Best picture winning movie. Um, mm-hmm. Jerry Maguire has a lot of attention around it. You know, he, he does a Spielberg movie, Minority Report and War of the Worlds. So he, he works with these like really incredible directors. But I think over the last 20 years, it's really shifted. And he has said such a tight control over his career in that time. He's extremely selective about who he works with. Chris McQuarrie, the guy who does all the Mission Impossible stuff worked on the screenplay for Maverick and was involved as a producer is one of his kind of closest collaborators. But mm. like, I, I love the mission impossible movies. I think fallout is kind of on the level with Maverick of like what an action, right? When James Bond movies are bad, it's, it's fine because we have the mission impossible movies. Right. Uh, right. But, but I'm, I look, Chris McCory is not a brilliant filmmaker, right? He's, he's a great stager of action storytelling. But right. I, his name is never going to come up on the list of great directors. Um, sorry. <laughs> some of, you know, and then some of what I think um, is at play here, and I don't know how conscious this is, but I think Tom's commitment only ramps up as this stuff becomes easier and easier to get away with not doing because of CGI. The, right, right. Because I do think we're seeing a real reaction in this crazy man to say look now actually i'm gonna we're gonna do it um even when even when he doesn't have to right that's the thing i'm most curious about with him is that he doesn't he's not interested in like uh i don't know even yeah like i said brad pitt uh, like hopping into a quentin tarantino movie and really showing some acting chops oh yeah or you know another pta or kind of exploring other uh avenues of filmmaking aside from impossible daredevil yeah you know well what's that guy's name evil knievel yeah style stuff uh and it's just fascinating to see his whiplash reaction to the culture of yes like i i I reject a lot of what's happening in it it's like it's such a good port key into movie culture right now with dr strange Mm -hmm. being the biggest movie of the year Mm -hmm. and then top gun kind of you know them battling that out and I'm glad Top Gun is doing as well as it is because it was the first action movie I've been into that I've seen in years that actually captivated me. Yeah. And yeah, I, a- I remember that feeling that action movies can do that. Yes. But I, I've just it's been just a conveyor belt of garbage, at least in oh, my yeah. head, for years that I just gave up on it. And that's probably why a lot of my taste has swung into smaller stories. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm constantly dissatisfied with what I see in that genre but then Tom Cruise comes in and and like I haven't seen the Mission Impossible movies I I should probably check them out but um, yeah and James Bond's probably another good example of like when these hit they hit hard yeah yeah it's interesting to see the the hill he's dying on in movie making well but it's and it's so interesting to me because again our our impulse is not to think of Tom Cruise and Chris McQuarrie as these great you know heralds of you know a, a a you know cinema and and the experience of theater going but tom has been so insistent on it maverick being in theaters but it, it that didn't that's not a recent development this he's been like this for years when right I, I think it was when fallout came out um he and chris mccory put out a like a psa on twitter this is i mean this is tom cruise you know one of the biggest most you know well-known movie stars in the world 
makes a PSA to go out on Twitter to explain to people how to how and why they should turn off motion smoothing on their home oh, televisions. Yeah. Do you remember this? I, I've just heard about this story yeah. <clears throat> recently. It, no, no. It is... I remember when it happened because it is so funny to watch it. You know, it, it's this hilarious thing to, to, to watch because it's like this this, you know, movie star basically explaining to, you know, people people with their home TVs like hey uh, what you're watching looks like crap uh, if you turn this off it's going to look you're better you're really going to want to play with the dynamic audio on this one <laughs> <laughs> he's like recommending speaker system <laughs> it's hilarious um, but, the, but you know that's his he's, he's like yeah this is not how we want our movies to look we, we made this for, for your enjoyment ultimately but we do want it to look a certain way. Tom Cruise, not what we think of. Uh, you know, when I think of who cares about the theater experience, I think of Paul Thomas Anderson showing licorice pizza in 70 millimeter in our house theaters across the country, right? Right, right. There's but, a similar care for how it's experienced. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's like, man, good for him. Because in a lot of ways, modern blockbuster movies are a result of work that he did for 30 years mm-hmm. right and he's watching this kind of go through this dramatic shift and is just really trying to away from values that he has yeah yeah away from values that he has i mean he's really has not i mean tom cruise is not going to slum it on an hbo show for a season <laughs> You know, there, there's a reason it was Tom Cruise in the Jack Reacher movies, and then it was, I don't, I don't even remember who it was on the Amazon Prime TV show Jack Reacher, right? The day he's the new villain in, <laughs> in an MC movie. <laughs> Thor movie. Oh my gosh. You know, I saw that Thor trailer, and they're like, what, is this like the 500th time you've had to save the planet? And I'm like, no, you don't get to make that joke. <laughs> Um, yeah, Tom Cruise is not gonna show up now. I, you know, what Christian Bale is the villain in that film, and I, I want to say, I can't wait, but um, I can, I know <laughs> you're never gonna watch it. Um, Tom Cruise, I it, it would be shocking to me if Tom Cruise were to show up in a MCU movie. And the other thing is, people think of him as like this weird self-serious guy but i do think he in some ways has been in on the joke about himself also like he did the tropic thunder thing do you remember that did you ever see tropic thunder and and this one is the even kind of less remembered one but he shows up in austin powers gold member Mm. (laughs) as austin powers in the like movie version of austin he he gets it Uh, yeah he totally gets it um he's just tightly tightly in control of his image and is pretty obsessed about that um and 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 it's going to be interesting to watch where his career goes over the next five ten years because i i just don't think he can continue to pull this stuff off right like he's getting to the point where paul newman was when tom cruise made the color of money (laughs) okay yeah, the overall feeling I had walking away from this was I just kept saying, hell yeah, in the theater. Yeah. And yeah, it's just been so long since I've I've felt that way. 
and just been excited that this was just such a fun time and never like there was definitely some Michael Scarn moments where it's like <laughs> oh they asked me to come out of retirement no I can't do it all right fine <laughs> you know but I, you it know. was e- easy to let go of those moments for just how breathtaking like the part of the first movie you know there's some fun action sequences but like you said the stakes are so low and there's there's like two or three set pieces mm-hmm. this movie felt like they were just constantly was getting back in the air yes you know and what i love about it and this is this is what i think is so brilliant about the structure of the movie is that you know it's building up to this big mission right and because so much of the movie is training for the mission and they simplify what the terms of the mission are so mm-hmm. well that and they drill it into you in all of these training montages that are never boring right all the training right. the, the, the training sequences have these great kind of dual purpose in the narrative to kind of forecast what's happening what's going to come up in the mission and to just be exciting and You're like it's going to take two miracles so i'm like i yeah. know they're both going to happen yeah and yes. i don't care yep 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 i don't care at all um but then, then you know, they can use that language in the script to key you into where they're at. And at every point then in that final act, you know exactly where they're at and what needs to happen next. And it's perfect. Like, it's just, it's so well done. Okay, so I got to ask you about something. There's a moment in the third act um, where the movie shifts a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say becomes a little bit more of a Mission Impossible movie. Right than a Top Gun movie. How did you feel about that? I mean, I was just having such a good time that I was like, all right, I don't care. I'm not so invested into this has got to feel like a Top Gun movie because I'm not like the biggest fan of the first movie anyway. Yeah. Um, So I was just like, hell yeah, like Miles Teller and Tom Cruise are actually going to get some like time together where they're not pissed at each other. Like, this is awesome. It's great. It was a a little like Lord of the Ringsy multiple endings. But you, at that point, you're just having too much fun That's that great. you don't want it to end. That's how I felt. I, yeah. I, I to- totally agree that it was just they earn it really well for pulling off everything that they do up until that point. And then um, I I just think, yeah, this is fine. This is great. Like, what is the Top Gun movie anyway? Yeah, I mean, and even like kind of all the beats of the third act are obviously really easy to see coming. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I know this guy's going to come through. I know mm-hmm. this is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I know that what happened to Maverick, you know, whatever. Okay, but but I, when, I, when Maverick gets shot down, did you think for a second maybe he was dead? No. Uh, boy, I did. Really? You thought yeah. that? I, I was just like, there's no way. I know. There's, there's, I mean, I can't think of a movie that cold. No, I know. I, that was that was yeah. my next thought. It was like, boy, that'd be rough. They couldn't do that, do that to yeah. us. Exactly. <laughs> There wasn't that catharsis with him and Rooster quite yet. Like, you can call all the beats and you don't care. It's just like, yep. I I almost was, like, happy. He was like, yep, that was the right move. Bring that guy back in the mix, you know? Oh, totally. And I thought the cast was just way more memorable and had a lot more character. They're fun to see, interact. And, like, it's hard not just to compare the first, but I Jennifer Connelly is amazing. Yeah, and, like actual chemistry with tom mm-hmm. in, in the first one i'm you're just kind of walking through mud waiting for their scenes to end yes totally one of the things that, one of the things megan said to me as we were uh driving home from the theater she she was like man i just really like that nobody died 
and oh yeah they didn't have any like tragic other than you know Iceman but oh gosh yeah that was great the whole Val Kilmer thing was handled really well I thought Um, yeah it was perfect yeah and and oh I'm so glad you brought that up because I thought that scene between Tom and Val Kilmer yeah it was powerful but that's some of that's some of the best acting like acting acting that I've seen from Tom Cruise in like 20 years like this is (laughs) the movie works so well because of the its awareness of its own weight uh-huh. outside of like what's yeah. happening in the story where I know this has been said a lot already, but just like the idea of Top Gun pilots being replaced by drones and yeah, you know, the future mm. is coming and you're not in it. Tom Cruise, yeah. the actor and also Maverick, the flyer. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you're, you're right. I'm not, but I mean, it is coming, but it's not here today. So we're going to go fly yeah. today. Just every every beat of the storytelling, working on these parallels with his career and the state of movie making in general, is really nice. I just appreciate those two parallels constantly working with each other. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was kind of blown away. And uh, maybe we can move on to segments if you're good with it. Um, yeah. Because I think yeah, we can move on to segments. Um, what, what were you drinking tonight, Mitchell? I had a cold fashion. I needed the, 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 the I almost said I needed the vaccine. <laughs> if I could have it injected into me, I would. What I would have injected is the caffeine. Yeah, I got it. We have a newborn. Yeah. And it's 12:30, and I'm tired. Yeah. This is, excuse me, a damn fine couple segments. Let's see. I had a. Have you ever had one of these beach plum Lacroix? new flavor no, and i i don't like it no it's nice it's pretty good no i don't like the name i, I reject the name <laughs> okay well, i had a beach plum Lacroix tonight it was very nice um all right segments uh first second first segment mitchell what do we got uh letterbox review letterbox review so for me um top gun maverick five stars and look i don't Dang. give away five Cold stars I don't cold blooded. You've said I'm pretty generous before, but like to me, like I kind of try to reserve the five stars for something Mm -hmm. really special. And I just really felt like this is this to me. When I look back at the movies I saw this year, I am sure Top Gun Maverick will be maybe the most enjoyable experience I had at the movies and best action movie in years, years, hands down. Literally. Yeah. Literally. What? That's why I gave it four and a half. Yeah. In a sort of, what more do you want, people? Yeah. I mean, I, I would give it four stars on sound design alone. The oh, sound design is oh off the Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. And like I said before, uh, it's not that I don't like action movies. It's just that the offering of them as of late is just pitiful. Did, I'm sure you never watched Red Notice, the Ryan Reynolds, um, Dwayne Johnson Netflix movie. <laughs> I can't believe you'd, you would ask me that. <laughs> I haven't either. I haven't watched it, but I saw a clip of it playing, and it's a fakest thing. Well, yeah. It, it, it's, it's just insane that somebody looked at it and said, yeah, this will work, and they put that out on Netflix. Anyways, yeah. So uh, the, do, you, do you have a favorite shot from Top Gun Maverick? Yeah. Oh, great. Um, it's early on. It's when he flies over the general guy who's coming to shut it down. Uh, yeah, that's a great shot. And it just like the building next to him almost explodes from the G force <laughs> plane flying over, and it's like like 
early morning golden hour or not yeah. golden hour blue blue hour you know um, this guy right here yeah. yeah but that 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 little screenshot doesn't give it justice no, I know, I know. you need to see the little gif of it happening yeah um, but i also love that just visually that whole sequence of the mm-hmm. beginning in that like black plane in like a blue earth just shattering the sound barrier times 10 oh yeah oh yeah yeah it's a great shot yeah um you know gosh i saw it opening weekend so it's been a few weeks since i've seen it and i didn't even really think to think about favorite shot but to to be honest my favorite shots in the movie were the ones that are used in all the promotional material and it's basically just any time that tom cruise is sitting in a cockpit of an actual jet and yeah and and then everything that you can see behind him that was i was just constantly like i think the best part of the movie is him taking off of the air force carrier in the middle of the ocean oh yeah and more specifically when you feel the plane like latch off of the boat yeah, and yeah. he kind of jolts forward yeah and you're like wow this is real yes it's crazy it it's this it's this moment right here i mean you can't yeah, tell but it's yeah a, it's astounding yeah um so to me it was all those shots throughout the film especially in the last sequence or third act where it's just like man this is this is real and and I'm seeing something from an angle that I've never seen it before. And it was just, right. incre- just incredible. Um, it, it was kind of like, did you ever see First Man, the Neil Armstrong movie with Ryan Gosling? Yeah, we saw it together. Okay, I was going to say, we saw it together in IMAX. And and I'd love to revisit that movie. but the moment, I loved it. Yeah, I loved it too. And and I just remember the moment where he steps onto the moon and then like the frame literally widens onto the IMAX screen. Oh, so cool. And I just remember being so blown away in that moment of that experience. And that was Top Gun Maverick is the first time since then I've really felt that um, in a yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. I was about to say it's crazy they don't make more like Air Force jet movies. But then I'm like, oh, wait, no, it's it's totally makes sense because it's, it looks, sounds like a pain to make. Oh, yeah. And but- really expensive. And, you know, it's never going to be as good as what Tom is going to force people to do. No. Oh, and this director who, when he pitched this movie to Tom, like his pitch was, this is how we're going to film it. And that was the only way that they felt comfortable moving forward to greenlight the movie, uh, yeah. was that Tom was comfortable because cause he knew what he wanted. And they had, at any given time during the flying sequences, 20 cameras operating at the same time and shot over 800 hours of footage. The fact that they put a movie together from that is a miracle. <laughs> So crazy. All right, what's our next segment? I don't know. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been a minute. My brain is in baby fog land. Unsung hero? Unsung hero. I don't know. I got one. I got one. Tell me. It's it's Jennifer Con- Connelly's sailboat. <laughs> I just... Yeah, you know, that's a strange <laughs> little moment in that movie. <laughs> this, again, this strange little moment where I'm like, okay... It's a tiny little sailboat. There's Jennifer Connelly and Tom Cruise. Are the two of them? Did the two of them learn how to do us to, to sail to sail for this movie? Like, I it was very strange that they included that. It was very strange. I'm gonna go with the nerd at the beginning. He's like, stick that in your Pentagon budget. <laughs> <laughs> we never hear from him again. Uh, no, we don't. Um, all right. But I, a little part of me is like, yeah, 
Hell yeah. Stick that in your budget. <laughs> Wait, it's really... It's, I, I, I do like the little boy at the diner in the middle of nowhere when Tom Cruise asks, where am I? And the kid says, Earth. Oh, and also total Kill Bill reference. Is that a Kill Bill? Kill Bill, Bill Line 2. When oh, she comes when out she comes out and, and she goes into the gas wants station. Wants some water. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, yeah. she goes to a diner. She wants some water. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure that's a total intentional reference. What else we got? Is it what else we're watching? What else are you watching? What else have you been watching? You guys have the babies, but you're, are you, it seems like you're watching more movies. It's because we watched a couple during the day. We watched Singing mm. in the Rain recently. <laughs> so good. With Abel? Yeah. Yeah. Did he love it? And he, he actually liked it. Like, yeah. <clears throat> he didn't sit through all of it, but. Yeah. Enoch loved it. It's crazy how funny that movie is. Oh, I know. <sighs> um, and I gave it five stars yeah. after. Yeah. I, I originally had four and a half, and I see the error of my ways now. That's right. It's a five star movie. And then I've just been on Tom Cruise kick. Oh, Few man. good men, Me color too. money. I want, uh, well, I, I just realized the gaps in my watching. Yeah. You know, yeah. I just haven't seen many movies with him in it. Yeah. Yeah, I've been watching I've been watching Tom Cruise stuff too and and yeah, he he is just as it turns out he's really good. Like even like The Firm, which is just kind of like a we started that tonight. <laughs> Sarah oh, was the, like, no, no, I had to no, go to no, bed. No. And then an hour later, she's like, pause it. We're finishing this tomorrow. <laughs> okay, but you guys liked it, right? Well, yeah. The soundtrack is a wild. Isn't the sound, the score of that movie is insane. Just like this, like really like, do-do-do piano. And oh, yeah. Gene Hackman That's what hooked her. She was like, so this, good. this playful piano with like, yes. Fall time in the nineties. It's like it's like you've got mail. (laughs) It's her favorite. Literally, Uh, Gene Hackman is amazing. Um, Anyways, I I love the firm and like and it's like not the greatest movie in the world, but it's like it's like solid enough. It's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Super fun. Uh, and I watched A Few Good Men for the first time, so I'd never seen it. And, and like, part of that is, like, I've seen that scene, that clip of You Can't Handle the Truth so many times. Oh, yeah. And I got to say, I knew what was happening. I knew it was going. I've seen those actors say those lines. You know it's coming. And it was still so well done. I was yeah. I was really impressed. So um, really, really enjoyed those. That's that's all I've been watching, though. I think that's it. That's is that it? everything? That's everything. Um Everybody go see Top Gun Maverick, which you probably already have because everybody seems to be seeing this one. Yeah, a lot, a lot of positivity about Top Gun these days. I like it. Despite it being the most uh, exciting movie of the year so far, I'm a little sleepy because we've got a newborn. Yeah. It's 1230. So, sleepyheads, I'm going to go catch some Zs. Do do not take my tone as non-excitement. This movie was well worth the price of admission. Absolutely. In the meantime, if not just to hear the gong, the Top Gun <laughs> gong in a theater. <laughs> While Mitchell is catching up on sleep, you can follow us on Instagram at Movies While They Sleep. At Movies While They Sleep. Leave us a review. Leave us a positive rating. If you want to give more people this, can hear this. If you want to give this new dad a gift, Ayo. leave us a rating. Hey, Happy Father's Day. Oh, yeah. Happy Father's Day. We out here. Go see Top Gun on Father's Day. What, what more could you do for the dad in your life? That's right. That's right. And on that note, <laughs> good night, y'all. Bye. It's time to decolonize wine. <laughs>